I'm just not going to finish it. Yeah. I finished the Malort yesterday. That's enough mm. for me. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're back at OmegaCon. We played so many board games this weekend. We can't wait to tell you about all of them. It's game time, bitches! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Nick Glover and Tim Wick. Hello. And it's Sunday morning at OmegaCon, and that means a games roundup. Uh, We've been doing this every year that we all go to OmegaCon, which I think for me and Nick at this point is longer than the podcast has been around. Uh, I know it is for Tim, because this is our 11th, this is the 11th year, but technically our 10th OmegaCon because we all missed 2020. Yeah, and I don't remember when OmegaCon started exactly, but it predated Devin and Devin is 17. Okay. Well, I know we were, I know for a fact we were here uh, 10 years ago because I saw a Facebook memories post, but... Uh, as far as I know, that was our first year. Yeah, it's so, probably pretty close to 20 years. So there's been a bunch yeah. of these episodes. Uh, we play... OmegaCon is a, a small... We mentioned it in the last episode, but it's a small gaming convention. It's just board games. Uh, almost everybody here knows everybody else. About 200 people. We're all vaccinated and masked the whole time. Uh, it's been really great. Uh, and we play a lot of board games. That's the main goal. So, so a, lot of, a lot of slack, hobbies, yep. drinking. Yep. Hanging out. Yeah. Like Nick and, I have, Nick and I have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. That's why we actually haven't played that many <laughs> board games this weekend. But I, I meant to bring my Switch and I forgot. Yeah. I was going to try and try and catch up on a little bit of Animal Crossing action. So uh, Animal Crossing aside, uh, we're going to talk about the board games that we played. Some new to us, some not new to us. Uh, we're going to talk about them all and tell you how much we enjoyed them or maybe didn't enjoy them. I will only be telling you how much I enjoyed games, as that is part of my profession. Yeah. I'm only allowed to publicly enjoy games. <laughs> is that true? Is, I, I, it's recommended. It's not, I don't mean to like, this is a genuine, it's a good social media policy. Uh, right. Just because I work for a game company, any tacit negativity could be seen as uh, coming from the place of the company, and so we just try to keep it positive. If you don't like a game, just kind of keep it to yourself. Industry it, it hurts the industry, right? Exactly. It'd be like, I mean, like you know, you, you I, I wouldn't want, uh, I wouldn't want to be go shitting on other podcasts either, right? Like that's not, that's not our our job here. Fuck right? you, Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> yeah, obsessed. Obsessed boo. with bullshit. Obsessed with this dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's talk about board games. Uh, let's start, Tim. We didn't. We played a few games together. We the did. three of us. So yeah. Let's talk about the games we played together first. Sure. Um, uh, the first one that I played, y'all were setting up, was called Mind Management. Mind Management. Mind that Management. A, that was a Kickstarter. Did you did you all kickstart that one? Yeah. Um, so we played the the deluxe Kickstarter edition of Mind Management. It's Mind MGMT. It's based on the Matt Kint uh, comic, which is extraordinary, and hi- I highly recommend it. Uh, Molly loved it a bit. If you like weird stuff, you will love this comic. It is about psychic warfare and government ops. The pre- but like, 
it's it's super Dada surreal yeah, yeah. psychic spy stuff. So the game is a, a hidden movement game where one person is the evil mind management recruiter trying to recruit potential psychics into mind management. And then there are four rogue agents who are trying to track down and capture the recruiter. If you've ever played Fury of Dracula or Letters from Whitechapel, it's similar in that way that it is hidden movement and it's like all against one. So one player is taking the role of the recruiter in this instance and they're marking their movements secretly and uh, everyone else is trying to find them based on the clues they can leave behind and uh, different ways you can take actions. Yeah. A apparently there is an app you can put on your phone to play this solo that I think plays as the recruiter. Oh, that's which fun. Which is interesting. That's fun. Yeah, so um, I I think uh, it's a very complicated game, uh, and it's challenging uh, to try and figure out where the recruiter is. I, I, I think uh, one of the challenges we had was a group that didn't work together as well as they should have. Yeah. Because uh, near the end, I had, I think, figured out pretty pretty certainly where Nick was mm -hmm. but not everybody really understood like everybody has a special ability yeah and the only person who was using their special ability was me <laughs> yeah a trick with OmegaCon uh, is that People are often uh, drinking yeah. uh, or uh, otherwise inebriated. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, another problem that we had was uh, we didn't all sit down to play that game together. No. Uh, Nick and Heather wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, Heather brought along Jaren. Uh, Cherub just were want Jeff just wandered over and wanted to sit down. And then we saw you and we were like, we need a fourth and, and grab like, you. I'm in. So it was a very disparate group of people who know each other very tangentially yeah. and, and uh, were levels of inebriated from zero to some and yeah. as a result it, it makes it harder for a game to gel but, but I mean once you get the, the hang of it it's yeah. like I felt like if we played it again that doesn't mean we would have won yeah. yeah but I, I think that uh, it would have it, it would have been a lot easier to play through a second time understanding yeah. all the mechanics understanding that you need to look at each other's special powers there's an ally card that we didn't even that we read at the beginning of the game and then nobody ever there's a about lot of rules at the beginning of the game yeah. so it's yeah. hard to keep it all in, it, in yeah it's molly and i have played the um the intro version where you remove some of the mechanics like there's no mayhem tokens there's no immortals so it that makes it a lot easier. Right. Some some things that get changed up. There's no you don't use the player's special abilities, for example. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the first time we played with the full game, and it made me want to play it more. Yeah, like it, it made for me, sure. it made me want to 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 give it another shot with people who were invested in wanting to play again. Yeah, I um, I definitely play it again. Yeah, well, yeah. We, it we, like with we own that. Yeah, it looked like with the number of cards that were in there, there's a lot of replayability. Well, and there's there's all these these all these. It's called the snap system. Yeah, they the game has this portfolio that unfolds with vac seal trays that pop out of this like folio that allow you to add mechanics to the game to balance things uh, one way or the other as you if you start to see trends and who's winning and who's losing. And I'm I'm assuming I mean there's so many of them and each one of them comes with a little comic book too that tells the story of what's huh. happening. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we haven't touched them. We haven't opened yeah. a single one of them. And there's probably like 20 of them or yeah. something. So it was a kickstarted game, but can you get it like at a game store? Or? I, I think the non-deluxe edition is is going to be 
retail of but I mean obviously the supply chain shit is so up in the air yeah. right now with anything paper and printed in China. Yeah, I've got like I've got like a dozen kickstarted games that half yeah. of them are done and it's just like I don't know when the fuck I'm going to get them. Yeah. I was hoping I'd get them for Omega Con, but nope. The the art's gorgeous and it's a really fun hidden movement game that I think the instructions are a little bit awkward because they kind of play into the general spy psychic aesthetic of the game. Yeah. If anything's Matt Kint's failing, it's that he is very, very immersive in everything he does, and that unfortunately includes the instructions, I think. It is mm. Sunday, uh, November 14th, and Miniature Market has eight in stock as of right there now. There you go. So, so if you, you, can, you can find Go check copies. Miniature Market. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, uh, we also played Ransom Notes together. That was fun. That was a new game that Nick just, we actually, we delayed leaving because we were waiting. FedEx was out for delivery for this game oh. and we wanted to bring it. Like that was a big part of why he, he kickstarted it. Yeah. I wanted, it was a game I specifically wanted to bring to OmegaCon. Tell us about it. Um, Ransom Notes is from the people that made Charty Party and uh, Puns of Anarchy, two other like small box party games. Uh, everyone gets a little metal tablet and grabs a whole, a big chunk of magnetic poetry words, and then apples to apples style, a card is flipped over with a prompt, and everyone has to use the magnets at their disposal to best answer that prompt. Like one of the prompts we got was, uh, uh, compose a text that you will send to the entire country. Yes. Uh, another one was... Uh, 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 like Explain to your neighbor that you just uh, hit their cat yep. with your car. Yep. Uh, uh, there was one that was, uh, uh, ex- uh, compose a sympathy card for some occasion. Yeah. Yeah, the perfect And of course, sympathy. you never have the right words. No, right? it's magnetic yeah. poetry style. So it's like broken sentences and like trying to convey with... Oh, uh, very grandiloquent adjectives. Yeah, it's, it's very... Everything kind of sounds like it's when run through the caveman filter a little bit. So but like the fancy caveman filter, because right. you're like, you're saying like big $5 words, but like, you know... In like indigenous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. frozen caveman lawyer. Yes, yeah. yes, very. Um, that was really fun. And it's very chill. Yeah. Like, much like Cards Against Humanity or any of those Apples to Apples games, you're just playing till you're bored. There's accountability, unlike Cards Against Humanity, where... Everyone knows who's submitting what. Everyone wrote their answer from scratch. You can't blame it on racist cards or yeah. anything like that. Like, you know, the game will rise to the or fall to the level of maturity of the players. There's no, like, one of the things I hate about Cards Against Humanity is that there's always, like, cards in there that because they're so offensive, people are like, oh, that card wins. That card always wins. That's the oh, winning. Oh, kids with ass cancer can't beat that. Can't beat kids with ass cancer. And it's like, man, come on. Like, that's just... So I love the open sandbox nature of this, even though yeah. that they say you should take 60 to 90 seconds to compose your answer. We were taking more like five to six minutes because... Like, sometimes, yeah. You need some time. Some t- it's a, I mean, I just think it's more fun to spend time on it. It it um, it's a, it was a, the, the weird mechanic of that game is... The judge is randomly determined every time. Yeah, so everyone plays. And their and their uh, mechanic for determining the judge is to spin the box, and one side of the box says you are the judge. <laughs> we we did away with we that right away, yeah. and replaced it with a, a die rolling app and just assigning numbers out to people. But 
sometimes you end up judging your own work and picking your own work as the funniest one. Yeah, I think, I know that it's less fun if one person isn't playing, but I think it would always be more, I think it would be more fun to decide who the judge is going to be ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then they're just making one in emeritus. Like they're just making one just for fun. Sure. Like theirs isn't going to be considered. And that way you don't have that weirdness of like, because it was really weird. There were a few times where I was like, I really think mine's funniest, but like, I don't want to pick mine. That seems yeah. like, it just seems so dumb. And like, then I'll feel like I didn't really win. You know, so I think that might be a better way to house rule it personally. I, I like, I like that when we were, when the three of us played together, it was just a Geeks Without God game. Yeah. Uh, and we got to the end and we were tied three each. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually called in uh, our friends Heather and Dave and said, you judge which these three yeah, tell us yeah. are the best. Yeah, yeah. It, um, I think playing with an assigned rotating judge role as a house rule would be great also because in games like this, I like to play to the judge. Yeah. Like, I like to write something for that you person know, as the yeah. audience or for their style of humor. And I feel like if I knew who I was writing for, I could be funnier or... Yes. or I agree with that. Yeah. Or, or, or if they aren't people that play to funny, you can, you can do something that's a little more... Because there are people that are like... If you don't stick to exactly what what's the, the rules, what, yeah. what's on the card, yeah. like, eh, not not going to yeah, go for this. I yeah. mean, it's funny, but it doesn't really answer the question. Well, right? Pe yeah. People, some people did have serious, literal answers that were because they had the right tiles on their board were kind of funny and amazing just yeah. because they were so well suited right. to answer right. the, the prompt. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I think I think that's a good. I think that was a fun game, and I think a house rule would make it even more fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we played. Do we play a third game together? I thought. No, we, those uh, are the only two we played together. I think. Um, we we played. No, yeah, that was the only one we played to, with with all three of us. Yeah. Okay. Those two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. cuz that's right. So uh We played uh, two rounds of uh Ransom Note. Yeah. yeah. So what new game did you play? Uh, the new game that I played that I will I will proselytize a little because I thought it was a ton of fun. It's a game called Pictures. Okay. Um and uh basically it's uh it's a little code names-ish. Okay. But but not exactly. So what happens is you create this grid of pictures on the table. Um, and then it, it includes um, like one, two, three, four, and A, B, C, D, so you can actually identify which pictures battleship are written. Yeah, battleship mm -hmm. style. You draw a, a token that tells you which picture is yours. Okay. So let's say it's B4. And it's secret? And it's secret. And then everybody's given a set of objects with which they must represent the picture. And there are five different sets of objects, and they're all different. So, like, one set is a set of cards with pictures on them. Okay. One set is a, a, group, of, a group of colored cubes that you have to make a grid of nine colored oh. cubes to represent the picture. Oh, this sounds fun. I, I saw one that was, like, sticks and rocks. There's one with there's one, that, one group that's sticks and rocks. So And then wooden toy blocks. Wooden toy blocks. Yeah. Um, and so, like, with the cards, like, the first time we played, I played, everybody thought, well, you had to use the cards just as, how do I represent what's on the picture? And mm -hmm. it's like, well, no, you can actually use these cards. And overlap and, them. And, and overlap yeah. them and, and actually use the cards to try and create the picture. Yeah. Yeah, sure. um, the one the one thing that everybody gets is a little a little uh, thing that says picture that you put to identify where the bottom of the picture is. Oh, so like especially since some of the pictures are oriented horizontally and vertically, sure, it's sure. a good way to like hint to people that it's a vertically oriented picture yeah, yeah. versus a horizontally oriented picture. But I mean, these things that you have are absolutely not. 
perfect for yeah. identity. Like the, the colored cubes, um, there's only three of each color. So like there was one we had where it was like a, a, a pond in, in the middle of this grassy meadow. Well, if you could do grass all around the outside with like a white cube in the middle, mm -hmm. that'd probably nail it, but you only have three green cubes. Mm. So now okay. you gotta figure okay, out yeah. how, I, how I can identify other parts of this picture without making people go, oh, well, it's clearly not that. Right, um, right. So it's, uh, it, it was really, really interesting. It has a lot of replayability. It's gonna, the biggest thing that I think it would need is if you played a lot, you're gonna need more uh, picture cards because mm -hmm. especially if you play with the same people, you'll probably de develop some um, some language. Yeah, to use I'm sure the, they'll put on an expansion soon yeah. if it's doing well. Um, but the other thing that happens is you pass the objects every turn. Uh, so it's okay. five turns, so if it's five people, well, whether it's five people or not, Everybody plays with each one of the sets once. Cool. What's the what's the playtime and number of players on that? Uh, up to five players because there's five sets, mm -hmm. and playtime is maybe thirty minutes. Oh, it's that's, really fast. Yeah. That sounds fun. That's um, I think uh, both ransom notes and mind management are uh, ransom notes is three to six players, and mind management is one to five. One to five, yep, yeah. yep, because you can have four people playing agents and one person is yeah. a recruiter, yep. The yep. biggest thing about pictures, it says three to five, I would say four to five is best. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's um, the dice, another game we're going to talk about, Dice Forge, is technically two to four, yeah. but you need at least three people. Yeah, and it's not we, fun we with play two. Dice Forge at our place a lot, and, and, and it's with the whole family. It's harder it with better. two, yeah. yeah. We, well, with two, Devin just kicks all, everybody's ass. I don't know why he's so good at that. <laughs> it's just like... Um, yeah, Dice Forge. Want yeah. to talk about that one? Yeah, let's talk. Um, yeah, we talked. I think we talked about it on the podcast before, maybe. Yeah. But uh, Dice Forge. So you know, like deck builders. Yep. This is a die builder. Yep. Yep. You have these. Uh, it's this really ingenious system of dice. That honestly, the this is a game similar to mind management. This is a game where my little producer heart sings when I open it up. The vac tray for Dice Forge is uh, it is immaculate. It has a slot for every single aspect of the game, mm -hmm. including a teeny little slot for the teeny little three quarter inch round tracker token. <laughs> Just drops right in. Uh, All the slots are. Um, identified with a little symbol vacuumed into all the different yeah. slots to tell you whether they're sun or moon or so whatever you know what too. goes where it's uh, crazy. The, the dice are made in this way they so the dice are uh, like a hard plastic core with uh, pronged faces that you can snap faces in and out of and you use the faces themselves as a pry key to pull the faces off the dice it's a such an it's, elegant solution it's it's a it's a Lego cube. It is just yeah, and then and the the six sides of the die are little Lego pieces that you can snap off and replace with things you buy. Lego makes it sound like it's bumpy. It's not bumpy. It's it's smooth. Right. But, but it is it is snap. It snaps together like a like a snap model. If you've ever done one of those plastic snap type models, uh, it's 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 astonishingly cool. Uh, you. You play the game, you earn resources. One of the nice things is everybody rolls on everybody's turn. Yeah. So you're constantly generating resources, which is part of why a two-player game sucks. Because you just don't get three turns to generate resources right. before you spend. You're, you're, but the other thing that's nice about that is it means that whenever somebody else is doing their turn, you're not just sitting there like rolling your eyes going, Ugh, just yeah, do something yeah. In fact, one of our friends complained, like jokingly, but was like, oh, this game sucks. I have to pay attention the whole time. I can't ever just not pay attention. I it's love like, that about me it. Me too. <laughs> that was what I loved about pictures. It's like you're always playing. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I think uh, 
Dice man, Dice Forge is also because the two people we were playing with when we played a four-player game, neither had ever played Dice Forge before. That was their first game. Uh, they both did astoundingly well. Uh, our friend Heather, who had never played before, won handily by a, by a wide margin. Uh, and and Jaren was second by you know like a good handful of points. He had thought that he was that I was going to win from how the game had been going because I was playing so confidently. But uh, Heather beat us all by like fifty or sixty mm-hmm. points to the next winner. Yeah, I, I, I love how how people don't necessarily know how well yeah, they're doing in yeah. some of these yeah. games. Yep, yep. But yeah, that was that's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, I would say that's a really fun. It's a great family game, but also like I hate when the the, the term family game sometimes feels like the, like the death of complexity, and that's not the case here. Uh, the game is easy to learn, but very complex to master it's and age it's, accessible. It is yeah, age it, accessible. Yeah. That's I would say that it. because like you know we have we have one kid who's seventeen, and we've been playing games with him for a long time, and I think we taught him Dice Forge when he was about 15 and he totally was into it. And like I said, Devin completely owns all of us at mm-hmm. Dice Forge. I don't know how mm-hmm. to beat him. I don't even understand what he does. That's and I would think you could even play it with like, I mean, I don't consider 15 to really be a kid, right? Like, no. I mean, I think an actual kid, like 10 or 11, I sure, think, yeah. would, I think would be able to play this yeah. game. The mechanics are pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. And they might be, they might need some help. And like uh, a little bit of this strategy, a little bit of min max help, yeah. right? Like I mean, yeah. you could you could accidentally you could fail your way to victory on that game, yeah. just by happening to get good dice luck because yeah. you're rolling so frequently. If you had good dice luck, you could yeah. do extraordinarily well with buying just okay cards. Tim, sure. what's something else you played that you liked? I played a lot of stuff this weekend. I actually you, you played a game that I we I am very interested to play. Okay. The what is the survival ravine? Ravine. Oh, ravine. Yeah, we played a couple of games of that. That's a really fun game, but it's difficult. It's a cooperative game. You're all playing together. Uh, the basic co- premise is you are survivors of a plane crash on an island. And you have to survive until the rescue comes. Hmm, So mm -hmm. every day you go out to forage to try and make it through the night. And every night something happens. Sounds a lot like Discovery. Most of it's bad. Mm -hmm. Most of what happens at night is bad. Not not 100%, sure. but most of the uh, time it's bad. Most of what happens at night in the woods is bad, so yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> um, so it starts with everybody has somewhere between three and six hearts, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody has an advantage that they've got from the plane crash, usually an object. Mm-hmm. Some of them are single use, some of them are multiple use. Okay. Um, and then uh, you have to survive the first night, and then you start foraging. You have to spend hearts to forage. Which is your oh, health. sure, it's your health. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's like energy. Yeah, so the more mm-hmm. the more you forage, the more objects you find that are going to help you survive. And food, you can also find food, which will increase your hearts. But the more you forage, the more your health goes. Yeah, and oh, if that you, sounds fun. And every morning you do a health check, and anybody who has one heart has to take a madness card. Oh, oh, wilderness madness. And madness cards mean you have to you have you have some restriction that you must follow sometimes for the rest of the game, but other times only until a certain point. Like for for instance, one of the ones I drew was get into a staring contest with the person across your ta- across the table from you. The person who laughs first loses a heart. Amy told it's, us she had to arm, arm wrestle, wrestle. Yeah. because she was blind. <laughs> yeah. Amy, Amy got blinded, so she had to play blind with her eyes closed. 
And then she had to arm wrestle someone else to see who lost a health, and the other person died because they only had one health. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And so, yeah, like, for me, it's like I have to do a, sta- a staring contest, and if I lose a heart, I die. What happens? Like, is there anything in there? Because it's, it's, it sounds a little ableist with the arm wrestling. Like, I can't arm wrestle. What is something that they would do in that instance? Is there any rule to, like... What can you do if can you draw a different challenge I, if you're I, like I can't like I can't do an arm wrestling? That's I think very we would agree. I, I, there isn't anything specifically in the rules that I read. Yeah, um, and the rules are super simple. But I mean, champion. Sure, right? You I can, feel like you, you could pick a champion. Or like, or like, can we just pick any other, yeah. you know, like challenge or yeah. something? You, like, you, I'm sure that if you were like, you drew a challenge and you're like, I literally can't do this. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, then I think that what you would do is simply agree to draw another card. And you can't say what's on your card. So you'll start doing stuff and people will be like, "That's cool. holy shit. Oh, nice. So the one card that I didn't like only because, you know, one of the things with a game like this is it's cards, right? If you mm-hmm. play too rough, you can ruin a card. Oh, um, And sure. so one of the things was... Uh, one of the madness ones was uh, every time somebody reveals a food card, you say mine and you grab it. Oh, unless yeah. they use it first, and it's like that can get pretty rough, right? If yeah. You're like, if the other person is like trying to pull it back, especially because like, at OmegaCon we're sharing other people's games. Yes. Like most of the time, often you're playing a game that does not belong to you, right? Yeah. Or anyone at the table. <laughs> but but the madness the madness thing is kind of fun because it yeah. will it will force you to do stuff. I love those that, games that you don't want to do, um, and a- that can actually hurt the rest of the party. But but you are now forced to do it. It is very difficult. To yeah, survive the first it's, game, that's great. the first and technically, if any one person survives, you win. Hmm. The first game we played, I think we lost. Um, my son Alex, he is twenty-two. This is the first year he's been able to go to OmegaCon because it, it's an adults-only con, mm-hmm. and we didn't have a convention last year. Not so just adults only, twenty-one and up. Twenty-one only. and up because because we serve booze. The booze is free, and we don't want to be responsible for somebody underage yep. getting served. Yep. Because you two could take booze back to your room and serve it to an eighteen-year-old, and the con would be liable. Right. Yep. Um, and so it's like nope. But Alex was able to be here this year. And the first game we played at Ravine, he was alive, which technically means we won. Sure. But it sure didn't feel that way because all the rest of us were dead within about four nights. It only doesn't feel that way to you, Tim, because you're an atheist. But you understand (laughs) it's very important to the Christians that their bodies be recovered. So that's how they won. They won because they're mortal. Christian burial. They'll get their Christian burial and they'll get to go to heaven. (laughs) The second game we played, from what I understand from other people who played the game, it never works this way. It was the smoothest sailing we have ever had. Everybody was alive at the end. Oh, I remember you mentioned that. We only had to draw one madness card the entire game. It was fucking insane. That's that. that, It it sounds like it wasn't fucking insane. (laughs) Um, But generally, it's very difficult. You've got to sit there and constantly go. All right. Well, we need resources for this. We need resources for that. Um, We've gotten this many hearts. Who needs them the most? Um, games and you can play the game as cooperative or selfish. So, like, mm-hmm. if you draw a bunch of hearts, you could theoretically just say, "Fuck it, I'm taking all these hearts for myself." Can you play it two player, or how many players? You could does play it two player. Yep. It, what is it up to? Do you remember? Up to technically six, but we did play it with seven, and mm-hmm. it was fine. The only reason, the only reason it's um, limited to six is because of the number of heart tokens you have. Sure. Um, but if you had a different, if you got some different tokens. 
you can actually play with more people. What was your runtime? How long did a game take? Uh, each played? game took probably about 45 minutes. I mean, it's fast. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, but it's like you, you turn over the night card and everybody's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. There's an expansion uh, called The Spirits. Which is, uh, it appears to be uh, spooky haunting stuff that nice. happens at night. Yeah, I was actually kind of hoping there would be some spooky supernatural shit that was in there. It, it's, it's all natural um, obstacles, but I, I yeah. like the idea that they introduced some other, some other creepy stuff. That could be a lot of fun. Seems like an easy way to do a di bunch of different genre themes yeah. with uh, different add-on packs. Yeah, so Ravine is a great game. Um, yeah. What else did you like? Another game that I played that I really, really liked... Uh, it was the last game I played uh, so far called Project L. Hmm. L, as in Larry. Um, and Lima. what it is, it's, it's, um, it's almost Tetris-like with um, a little bit of uh, uh, Splendor thrown in. So, so kind of like Blockus with the way that you have to place pieces? Not quite. Okay. Um, so they're, the, they're, they're squares that have shapes in them. And then there are individual shapes that are effectively Tetris shapes. Okay. Um, it starts with a single block, and then it moves to a double double block. There are triple blocks, and then there are four. And um, what happens is you start with just two shapes, and you have to grab tiles that you can put the shapes into. Mm -hmm. And with the shapes, you can either use the shapes you have. You can upgrade, so you can upgrade a, a single-block shape to a two-block shape. Okay. A two-block shape to a three-block shape, and a three-block shape to a four-block shape. Okay. And the four-block shapes, you can also do an exchange maneuver. So hmm. I've got a T, and I really need a Z. Yeah. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exchange it. So then the idea is to fill in these tiles. And the tiles are worth points, and it's literally based on the number of points you earn filling in tiles. Mm -hmm. So you get three, min three moves per turn. You can select a tile, you can up, up trade or exchange a tile, you can play a tile into one of the, play, play a tile into one of the trays. Sure. Um, and then there's what, something called a master move, where you can play a tile into each of the trays that you have in front of you. Oh. So that's a really sweet finishing move. Is it like a once-time, one-per-game kind of thing? One, once per turn. Once per so turn. So it's a really sweet finishing move. So often what will happen is you'll be sitting there going, well, I'm doing all right. And then somebody will be like, master move, finish three tiles at once. Oh, man. And every time you finish a tile, the other thing is you get another shape. Okay. So the tile identifies what kind of shape you get. So one, one maneuver that I did was um, I had, it was really early in the game, and I had a tile that when I finished it, I got a T-shape. And then my other two tiles were T-shapes. So I finished the one tile as my first move. Okay. When I finished the tile, I get the T-shape. I used the T-shape that I got to finish the second tile that was a T-shape. Mm, I got the move. tile off of that. And then I finished the third tile uh, with the T-shape. That's that's a Tim master move. So you can so you, feel the T, baby. <laughs> you can figure out you can figure out ways to and that what that did was it gave me a bunch of extra tiles. Yeah, that's and that's awesome. the really big thing in the early going. You can't do much because you don't have a lot of tiles. So what you're trying to do is build up this. I keep using tiles interchangeably, but you're, right, right. you're trying to build up the shapes on your mat so that you can do more. As the game gets that more sounds complicated, fun. that sounds fun. Um, it sounds like a lot of elements from a lot of um, blocks falling from the top puzzle games 
for like Dr. Mario, Tetris. Yeah. Like a lot of those kind of overlapping to mm-hmm. some degree. Yeah, and it, it, it requires some spatial awareness, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was super easy to learn. It was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Project L that sounds awesome. is the name of that one. Uh, Nick, what's something? I know we didn't play any. We already talked about all our new games, but yeah. what's something that you that we played that you liked? Or uh, we We played the Bag Builder that I think we talked about on a recent episode mm-hmm. uh the quacks of quedlingberg yeah oh. um which is have you played that yet too no i haven't oh played man that. we uh, can play that today yeah. i think it's fast i think you'd really enjoy it I it's so easy to learn um, okay. we should play that after this molly and i were introduced to the game by a friend of the show brianne bilyeu and right away we were like well we're buying that game uh-huh. it's not about ducks it's just, right. She she thought it would be funny to play because it's quacks. It's about people that are making potions and snake oil and stuff. Oh, sweet! Your so doctors you're, in you're, medieval times. Yeah, or alchemists. Or yeah, yeah. So you're you're all brewing potions together, and you're you're pulling tiles from your bag. You have like a cloth bag. Yeah. And once you hit a certain number of white tiles, you will bust, and your potion explodes. And so then you don't get your victory points or money to spend on the yep. next round to expand your bag out. You gotta pick one to not get. Right. right. Yep. So there's a press your luck mechanic there where you have to kind of be aware of what tiles you've bought to put in your bag and know what's in there as you pull things out and then determine whether or not you want to keep going or not. Right. But then there's all these, uh, the game has an incredibly good catch up mechanic where uh, everyone that is further behind than the winner gets uh, to start a little bit further ahead every round. And the further behind you are from the winner, the further ahead you get to start. So you never feel totally out of it. Right. And even even if even if you're like 10 spaces behind, it's like, cool, you get five ketchup rats. Like, yeah. It feels really good. It, ketchup rat is... It's <laughs> uh, yeah. pizza rat's but, cousin. Um, yeah. But you can... And, um, there are a lot of things to like, you know, mitigate your your risk, and and uh, there are a lot of different fun tiles that each have different mechanics mm-hmm. um, as you as you pull them out and put them into your stew that you're you're brewing. Um, the the initial base game is is up to four players, but I think there's an expansion that'll bump it up to six, mm-hmm. and then there are a couple other expansions that we haven't touched or, or played yet that are like the alchemists and a bunch of other ones, but. Um, I think a, a game could you could get a game done in as little as thirty minutes probably if you were had sure. if you've played it before. Um, a, a really nice mechanic of this game is that you're all playing at the same time because it's just you pulling tiles from your bag and putting them into your into your your brew. Everyone is doing that at the same time, yeah. and so you play until you choose to stop or you you bust mm-hmm. and you burn your potion. And then everyone totals up their points and figures out the after effects of that and buys more stuff and then dump everything back into your bag, mix it up, and start putting more tiles down again. Yeah. So there's no real waiting for other people or waiting for your turn. Um, I, the rules kind of technically talk about someone starting, but honestly, we... 
have never needed that. The, the It's one of those things where, like, uh, you the way we learned the game was a house rule, it turned out. And huh. when we read the rules, we were like, well, that's fucking stupid. Let's just play the way we played yeah, with, with Brienne yeah. because it's way more fun. And it doesn't functionally matter. Yeah. So, like, you just all play. You don't. The one rule is you don't look at anyone else's potion. So you can't see how far anyone else has gotten. Okay. That's the one rule. Eyes on your own potion until you're done and you say, I'm done. And you put, you put your bag down and then you can look to see where everybody else is. Yeah. But you're not supposed to be like, oh, well, Tim's at 15. Uh, well, I might as well stop. I can't get past that. You know, like, so, because the idea is you're only playing against yourself in that way. Yeah. It's super fun. I think we yeah. should go play after this. You'll, yeah, you'll like I'm, I'm in. All right. I mean, let's it's, play it after it's this. It's a good one. And, uh, you know, it's funny that we we're, have two different versions of deck builders that are yeah. not deck builders. Right? That are a, a, a key builder, a, a dice builder, and a bag a builder. A bag builder. I love a good deck builder, yeah. by the way. I'm, I, uh, boy, do I love it. It's such a fun thing to yeah. make. Yeah, it, uh, it's a good type of game. Real quick, uh, what are the other games you played? And give me like the I, elevator pitch and what you like. Super, them. super quick. Codenames Duet, which is a two-person version of Codenames uh, that uh, played pretty well. Uh, it, it has a good mechanic to make it challenging. Okay. Um, and like Pat and I played together, and we're usually super good at Codenames because nice. we like yeah, we like, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but we lost. Uh, because I made an assumption that was incorrect. By the way, uh, each person can see three assassins, and I assumed our assassins were different, and I was wrong. Oh. They don't have to be different. They, they could be the same. They could be the same, and indeed, they were. Oh, boy. Um, all right. And uh, had, I, had I realized that, I would not have made the move I made, well, and we right. might have won. Interesting. Um, trial by Trolley. Which is an apples to apples kind of trolley problem it's variant. A cyanide and happiness. Yes. Uh, like joking hazard. Joking hazard, um, yep. And I would say that, that I here. liked it, but if you got the Kickstarter version, they cut it comes with a bunch of Kickstarter um, exclusive cards sure. that were designed by the people who backed the Kickstarter. Ew. And most of them are stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's because what happens. Most when, of them are Kickstarter that's jokes. That's what happens when regular people yeah. like no offense, regular people out there, but like <laughs> that's what happens when regular people just get to put whatever they yeah. want into something like that. Because yeah. the basic idea is on the trolley track there are two good things and one evil thing. And the, the judge has to decide which trolley track they're going to run over. Both good people or the one evil? Well, no. It's two good people and one evil person per track. Oh. So it's like, you're going to run over two good people, but also one evil person. I see. So there's two. So you're technically, there's four good things and two evil things out there. And yes. separated into two groups. Yeah, separated into two groups. And then, 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 then you argue for why yours is better. That's and I mean, some of them, it, the problem is like one of them, one of the good things was the founding fathers. I was like, fuck that. They're a bunch of slavers. Run yeah, them over. Yeah. Um, and, that sounds uh, fun for like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a decent game, but I, I don't know that I need to play it again. Yeah. Party um, game. Or like people who really enjoy philosophical wanking. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. thing. That's not usually my, that's not always my bad. Uh, right? Like super fight. But like if, super fight. If you kickstarted it, I wouldn't use the Kickstarter cards. Yeah. I, sure. I didn't like sure. them. And we shuffled them in. I don't know whose game it is. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so uh, then there was Imhotep, which is actually a game we picked up at Christmas. Um, which is a monument building game. You are monument builders in ancient Egypt. Okay. Um, and so the basic mechanic is you get stones and you have to build stones into several different monuments. Each of the monuments has a different scoring system. Sure. Some okay. of them score at the end of the turn. Some score immediately. Mm -hmm. Some don't score until the end of the game. Seven mm -hmm. wonders -y. 
It, it I was is, just going to say, like, only monuments and Seven Wonders. It or is something. a little yeah. Seven Wonders y, but it's not cards. You're doing blocks. Yeah, anyway, yeah. it's a good game. And then Snakes is the other game that I played. It's Snakes. I heard about this. Uh, and this is sort of like a secret Hitler game uh-huh. or a werewolf game in that you get a trivia card and it's obscure trivia. Okay, so like, uh, which restaurant has the most doors worldwide? <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay. and it's uh, it's Starbucks, McDonald's, or Subway. Sure, okay? sure. And you don't really know, but um, one person in the group is the mongoose of truth. <laughs> a certain number of people are snakes, and a certain number of people are humans. So you know the mongoose of truth isn't going to lie. They can't lie. It's the, the, mo- snakes, the mongoose of truth. The snakes know what the actual answer is. Okay. And they know who the other snakes are. Okay. And the humans don't know who anybody is. Okay. So the mongoose. Oh, this sounds super fun. So so then the snakes are trying to get everybody to answer incorrectly. But most everybody doesn't know the answer anyway. Right. But it's more like if someone starts getting on the right path, you want to be like, nah, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that's right. And then the score is based on if the humans can get it right, how, how many of them can get it right. And how many of the snakes can convince to get it wrong? Do they, does everybody answer themselves, or does you have to do you have to come up with an answer as a group? Everybody answers themselves, so you can answer differently if you are not convinced by by somebody else's argument. It's not pass fail as a group. Yeah. Are you allowed to talk about who you think is a yes. snake? Yes, you can. Mm. You can totally talk about who you think is a snake. I mean, it, it, it's very much about board, but the snakes can't vote. I mean, everybody puts out their vote, but if you're a snake, when you flip it up, you show that you're a snake. So. Does, so every oh, so it's round? just one round. It's multiple. It, you play around and then you deal it out again, and it's a new. It's new snakes and humans. And okay, so it's it's a one round game. The rules Got change it. every round. Got yeah. it. Got yeah, Got the it. snakes, the snakes, humans, and and that's good because it is balanced for the snakes a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds it sounds like it is. It, you know, Interesting. It's it's more. I think it's less fun to play if you worry about the points. Yeah. Than it is to just play to see how well you can do. Um, it sounds like um, lighthearted gaslighting in a, in a, in a, in a, in a like, yeah. you know, wholesome, fun way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's worth. But yeah, it, it, I didn't get to play the snake that much. Then I mean, the fun thing about the snake is, especially when nobody knows anything, to then toss out, well, you know, I heard this thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. well, that's exactly what I was logically, thinking. Logically, this one doesn't make as much yeah, sense. Oh, I know this one. I just read this. This was a caribou yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. This does yeah. sound there, really was, there was one where I was a snake, and it was like, which song is performed the most at a funeral? Um, and there was one song that nobody had heard of. I'm like, oh, it's that Sarah McLaughlin song, you know, that they do with the pets because it was called Angel. Oh, yeah. It's the one that they do with the pets, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that one. I bet it could be that one. I'm like, yeah, that does make sense for a funeral. It wasn't that fucking song. That song is The Arms of an Angel. Yeah. But nobody bothered to check uh-huh. me. Sure. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's all I got. I we, played a lot of good games this weekend. And as is tradition at OmegaCon, we played a couple of late-night games of Salad Bowl with friends. Yeah. Um, yep. where, you know, everyone's throwing names into a bowl and pulling them out and trying to get people to guess them on their team. And um, was there, was, there was some super cutthroat and then some, some more lighthearted, yeah. easier to access. We decided to play our final game. We decided to make, uh, like, we decided to go more easy. Just, like, pick things that you know, at le- that you know most people know. Yeah. Or at least it's a name that is easier to sound out. Like, our, yeah. our first game last night was... Uh, there was an age divide in the in uh, the group that became very apparent with 
uh, older actors. Really old actors, like from the 30s and 40s, because the people who are older in the group are also old movie buffs. It was like Kelvin, Eric Knight, and Wendy. And Peter Varant. And Peter Varant all knew these things, and everyone else was, you know, in their low 40s at the oldest but down to their mid-30s, so no, no one knew. Oh my no God. Y'all need yeah. to watch some old movies. But, no, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It always is. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, any, anything else? Any last thoughts? Uh, the, how was Omega Con 2021? We were masked, and a little that's a little tricky, but everyone yeah, I, had fun? I, I think people were really happy to be here. It was a little less crowded. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean... I don't know what the registration numbers are. I don't think they're down that much. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are hanging out in their room. Because the thing is, sitting out in, in a big room with a bunch of people who are masked, after a while, you're just like, I want to go back to my room and take yeah. my fucking mask off. My, yeah. yeah, this is the longest. Like, I mean, we've been we've been so fortunate to work from home that the only time I've had to wear a mask is when I'm going to the grocery yeah. store, a movie, or like specifically going out to an event, which usually wasn't last longer than a couple hours. So, you know, this was the longest I've had to wear a mask at one time. And it fucking sucks so yeah i do have to wear a mask when i work so i'm a little more used to it mm -hmm. but especially as you get more inebriated in the evening i feel like i was like getting more frustrated at the mask and being like i just need five minutes in my room yeah 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 i mean mask on i understand the reason we're doing everybody's required to be vaccinated and to me it's like if everybody's vaccinated and ever and people have had a covid test i don't I don't worry about it so much, but I understand why we did it that but way. But that's the trick. Not everybody did get a COVID Not test. Not everybody did In get fact, a COVID I asked test. somebody at a point, and, and like three people were like, oh, I didn't have time. And I was like, see, that's why we needed to wear masks. Like, if yeah. everybody had a negative test within 72 hours, then we could also have been not worried about it. But yep. maybe that's where we'll be next year, right? Maybe, maybe next year yeah. it'll be easy enough to be able to just be like, rapid everyone. Tests will be plentiful. Yeah, everyone get a rapid, everyone, we'll do rapid tests at the door and everybody, yeah. you know, Yeah, I mean, if we could provide rapid tests, that'd yep. be great. That could but, be great. Yeah. All right. Well, that was almost another successful Omega Combo hey, game wrap hey. up, and it's time for five questions. Five questions. All right. We are through Patreon questions, and we're back at the at bottom of the queue here. So we have. So wait, Patreon supporters could send in their questions, and they'd drive you right back at the top. That's of the true. Queue right they now. would. They would. But we have five questions from Nick Schaub. Uh, Nick sent these back in August and says, since <laughs> we're in the middle of the Delta wave here in Minnesota, here are five pandemic-themed questions and to pass the time. We're still in the middle of the Delta wave. Fuck you. Delta. Yeah, that's the lull sob of this. Is uh, yeah. We are still uh, almost three months later, still in Fuck it. It's actually It's actually worse now in Minnesota than it was in the spring before yeah. vaccinations were plentiful. Uh, hospitals are putting out warnings like, "Please be careful. We have no room for you." Drive carefully. Uh, yeah, forty percent of current cases in Minnesota are from vaccinated people. So uh, that yeah, is something, that end is climbing. So just, you know, we're all gonna get tested after OmegaCon and, and not go anywhere until we get those results, you know? That's just how she goes. Shot. Get your boosters, yes please. All right, so question one. What's one thing you haven't done since the pandemic started? I haven't been back to a movie theater, mostly because the stream of movies dried up. Oh, there's something very specific. Um, I haven't, uh, so I love spicy food quite a bit. That's my favorite flavor. I haven't had uh, restaurant buffalo wings. Oh. Because it's just too much hands in my mouth eating that I'm not comfortable with in public. Mm-hmm. Have you brought some home? Well, see, that's the thing is we've made wings at home and we make good wings and that's fine and that's great. But takeaway wings is not the experience that I want. 
I want to go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or go to the Blue Door Pub and order three different kinds of wings and just sit down and mm -hmm. enjoy myself feasting on the variety of hot flavors. I don't want to bring all those home. Also, a lot of the sauces, you know, feature like a, a prominent onion or curry smell or something like that. And I don't want to bring that home because our house is going to smell like that and it's going to drive Molly right. nuts. Yeah, like no the, onion policy in the house. The, the, the sensory smell issue. So um, that is something I'm looking forward to is being comfortable enough to be at a restaurant and just like order a bunch of messy finger foods where I can be like licking the sauce off my fingers and not feel like I'm infecting myself with every mm -hmm. morsel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, honestly, like, I enjoy hugging people, uh, but I haven't really been hugging people, and mm. I'm not really, uh, I, I just, I, I, I don't know, I look forward to not having to worry so much about just a hug, you yeah. know, like, obviously, I don't, I still don't share cups and stuff, I never did, but, like, I do look forward to, like, going to RenFest and being able to hug everybody who wants to say hi, yeah, instead of right. having to, like, put my hand out and be like, no, thank you, you know, like, stay back there, because it just, I, I enjoy hugs, I always have, so yeah. that's for me. Um, th this is funny, because by the time this episode airs, uh, this will have changed, but as many people know, uh, me and Pat enjoy Disney World. We haven't been there since the pandemic started. We are about to go, so we're going to see how that action yep. goes because i trust disney but i don't trust florida right um, no, that's that's uh, yeah and disney is in the middle of florida but um also disney has people from all over which means all of the states where things are worse yes <laughs> um so you know we're going to be careful for ourselves and test when we get home and all yeah. that other stuff uh but uh so it's kind of the t a test balloon to see if it's going to work out but we yeah. have not done it yet yeah but we are about to all right Question two, what's one thing you'll never do again once the pandemic is over? I will never ever again do a big group video chat. Hmm. I hate them with the fire of a thousand suns. Combine internet lag with the inability to have more than one audio stream at a time and add in boomer tech savvy, fucking kill me. Uh, I'll never fly unmasked or at least mostly unmasked again after the pandemic. Um, uh, that might actually roll over to other forms of public transit, like on the bus or the train. I'll probably just keep a mask in my pocket and throw one on when I'm on public transit, like, you know, do, um, a good share of like Japan and China, Korea do. Yeah, I'm, I'm done sharing drinks. Forever, forever and ever mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. I just will never share drinks again. I, I think it's not, it's just, if someone's, unless it's like, like Nick and I share drinks, right? Like, sure. but like, you know, unless it's somebody, unless we're in a situation where we are positively yeah. sure we do not have COVID because we just got tested or something, yeah. you know, and even then it's just, it's just a vector for, none, for flu transmission. None of this, you can have some of my drink, it's okay. Alcohol kills germs. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, similar to Nick, um, I, I will never go into a, a supermarket or Target or anything without a mask. Um, yeah. I've just I when when we first were like, oh, everybody's getting vaccinated. Maybe we don't all need to wear masks. Mm -hmm. I I went into those places not wearing masks, yep. and now I'm just like, you know what? I want to normalize this behavior. Yeah, yeah. for um, sure. And, and even though you know I recognize I can still get COVID, I also know that as a vaccinated individual who's now gotten the booster, that the odds are it's not going to be as bad for me as it is for everybody else. I still kind of want to want to be that person that's like, I'm not going to try. If I get it, 
if I have it and I don't know it, right? Because yep. a ton of the cases are asymptomatic. Yep. And I can wear a mask and keep somebody else from getting it when we're all in the same place together. Yeah. I guess I will do that. You know what the mask also protects you against? The flu, the common cold, like yeah. all the other fucking yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't gotten a cold or the flu or any sickness that wasn't like, I ate weird food. Yeah. <laughs> Since yeah. The I'm the same started. way. I'm the same way. I have not had a cold or a flu. I usually get a sinus infection that. at least once a year, but they don't happen anymore. And yeah. I've been, it's not because I hide in my house, not hide. I don't mean it like that. That sounds pejorative. It's not because we stay in the house. We go do stuff. We've been in movie theaters and grocery yeah. stores and we do stuff, but we're always masked. So, I mean, and, it's great. And we're taking other steps to mitigate risk wherever we can. Right? Oh yeah. Wash yeah. your hands, motherfuckers. Yeah. All right. Question three, what's the best thing you did during the pandemic you never would have done otherwise? For me, the pandemic fucking sucked. So I suppose I watched some okay shows I would have skipped. That's it. Fuck 2020. What's the best thing you did during the pandemic that you never would have done otherwise? I started writing people every day. Yeah. Um, yep. Which I still do. I send a letter to my brother and sister-in-law every week. Yeah. Um, it is... With the I stamps mean, we talked about in the, the bonus episode. The stamps we talked about yep. in the bonus yep. episode not too long ago. And the, the stamps are really cool, but just... Just taking that moment to write every day as a writer, it means I absolutely have written something every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I never know what the fuck I'm gonna write to a particular individual. I never know what I'm gonna write about. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, it's been been something that I will keep doing probably for the rest of my life. Um, Yeah. I I mean, Molly and I bought a house uh, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And we moved in March, and I think a big part of that was a whole bunch of our other plans for the year had to change or get canceled or whatever. Money and we would have spent on things we, we didn't spend. We were, uh, I want to say stuck at home, but stuck at home in our own environment. And that made us make a lot of, uh, reflect a lot on our possessions and what we could trim down and all of that. And I think being in the pandemic kind of facilitated a lot of that and made it a lot easier and Mm -hmm. it probably all would have happened but it could this it could have been two or three years down the line where this happened instead of now it was also i guarantee it was also a little bit harder because we couldn't have anybody help us pack or move and we had to like kind of tour houses very fast like there wasn't a you were trying to not be in the house for very long because yeah. you didn't know what was going on in there. Right. So it was weird. Uh, for me, I would say, uh, and this is this is a, a weird one, but uh, I never used to leave the house without makeup, ever, hmm. ever. And I don't wear a lot of makeup, but I wear concealer and mascara, uh, and like every day. And I used to think that I was like completely unpresentable to the public <laughs> without those things. And I really got over that and don't care anymore. So maybe that's uh-huh. maybe that's an age thing, and maybe that's the pandemic. But I think a, a big part of it with for a lot of people, for they're like, oh, I don't, I'm never gonna put on pants again, or I'm only gonna wear comfortable clothes. And I'd already gotten there because I'd hurt my knees and yeah. realized I couldn't. I had to wear leggings for like a whole year once. And, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. No more, no more uh, giving a shit if I'm not wearing makeup. I still like to wear it, but I'm not like I don't have the anxiety of like, oh my god, everyone's gonna think I look so awful, and everyone's gonna look at me and be like, <laughs> she doesn't even. I can't believe she left the house that way. What a slob! <laughs> what a slob! 
All right, question four. We spent, all right, just preface. I'm, I'm gonna read this really fast because it's like a horrifying thing to me. Question four, we spent a lot of times in our houses in 2020. Did you see any weird ass bugs in your house you've never seen before? The other day I found this super fast spider in my dishwasher of all places. I'm not really afraid of them, so I tried to catch the thing to put it outside and the bastard kept running in the dishwasher. I can confirm the spider is now outdoors chasing down the Usain Bolts of the insect world. <laughs> Making Molly uh, read about spiders, oh my Nick. God. What the hell? So we didn't see any new. I guess when we moved to Minneapolis, yeah. uh, we discovered we have a there are a lot of pill bugs in our basement. Like there were a uh, lot of pill bugs in the basement. Pill bugs are crustaceans. Uh, yes, they are not insects. They are technically crustaceans. Wow. Uh, under the sea. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, uh, the previous owner didn't do a, a, a lot of fall cleanup steps because he was too busy getting ready to move to North Carolina. And I think there's a lot of rotting mulch and leaves and, uh. and the wood frames of our windows by the basement maybe aren't so great. And I think the pill bugs were eating those. So pill bugs were new to us. Uh, and they are harmless. They do yeah. not. They are completely harmless. And they're just. It was just more like, God damn it, more bugs and yeah. getting rid of them. These motherfuckers. Very Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we. I mean, Nick's in Minnesota too, but um, there's the bugs are not a big deal in Minnesota. Yeah. You know? Yeah, especially uh, not in the winter. So uh, we really didn't have much. I think we had more box elder bugs than we usually have. Yeah. Which was kind of weird, and I'm not sure where they came from. And yeah. every now and again, you know, you open the door and they come inside, and you're like, yep. get out of here. You fucking box elder yep. yeah. but nothing really nothing really dramatic or different uh, when I was a kid we had so many box elder bugs in our house and we also had a working fireplace that was usually going and you can throw them in the fire and they make a great pop it's really funny <laughs> uh, fuck bugs Don't, if anyone just went oh no no, no there's, there's there's plenty of box elder bugs you did not you did not deplete the population yeah, they don't feel it, pain it, insects are yeah they, they, they don't have a complicated enough uh, in, uh, neural system yeah. to have a, a yeah. pain response uh, but also they're basically just algorithms with an exoskeleton and aside yeah. from butterflies there aren't any that are endangered yeah, so. yeah yeah all right question five what's one innovation from the pandemic that you think will continue to benefit us benefit us benefit once us. it's over i think working from home part-time for white collar folks is here to stay mm. workers have some leverage over loser companies that were afraid to implement work from home mm. workers have been fucked since the 09 recession and it's time for them to use their power to improve working conditions oh just so right there will be right? another another recession Nick, it's not going to happen forever. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a cynic. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I think something we're going to see is a, a much. Uh, this, so this isn't really an innovation, but maybe more of a societal change. Uh, a, a lot more uh, just empathy and uh, uh, willingness to forgive people for things like uh, wearing leggings as pants or like <laughs> maybe not, you know, maybe, you know, I, you know, gaining a little weight. Uh, everyone, I mean, almost everyone I know gained a little weight and, and uh, realized that like, you know, life is short. And I think that's the one thing I think we're going to see is, is in most people, obviously we've seen there are some people who are going to be assholes no matter what because they just got hurt somewhere along the line and they can't reconcile it. Uh, but for a lot of people, I think we're seeing a little bit more forgiveness, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more like people saying like, I'm sorry I didn't get to it. I was too overwhelmed with the world. Yeah. And, and I think we're all 
for a lot of people who had never experienced any kind of depression before or had never really let themselves experience it because they'd filled their lives with goals and tasks and work and had never had to just sit with their own fucking thoughts and are now realizing it's hard to be alive sometimes. So yeah. that's that's what I think I'm hoping we, we get to we see continue. Um, I think an innovation that is important uh, is I've seen, and I, I don't, I, maybe innovation is the wrong word. I've seen a lot more of my friends seeking uh, therapy. Yeah. Because yes. this last, even if it's returning. Yeah, this last year and a half has been exceptionally difficult. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people admitting that they need help. The fact that you can do. Uh, distanced therapy appointments, like telehealth, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. for a lot of people makes a big difference. Um, you don't necessarily feel comfortable being in a room with somebody else, or you have to travel there, or you have to travel there, or what have you. I, I think that while it's while it's not an innovation, telehealth was there before. Uh, the fact that therapists are much more willing to engage that way. People are more comfortable using uh, video chat now too. Yeah, everyone, yeah. At, like almost everyone, had to use it at least once, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. The only person who has not figured out video chat that I know is my eighty-year-old mother-in-law. <laughs> no loss just, there. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah, she no doesn't shit. care to learn. Yeah. So it's like oh, whatever. Bye. That's on her. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. There are a lot of things that are are like really great uh, accessibility things yeah. that, that we should keep like you know work from home was the example given that's a good one um, I think we'll see a lot more um, uh, places without a physical presence that are supplying goods and services um, for example uh, ghost ki- ghost kitchens restaurants that don't have a place to eat but oh, they sure. have a kitchen where Take they make out. food and they only do takeout. Um, a lot like uh, the Blue Door Pub has, uh, when you go to eat there, there's a QR code that you scan on your table that pulls up your menu. I love that. And you uh-huh. order from your phone and you pay from your phone and you can order more drinks and more food as you go. But your server doesn't have to like come check up on you the same amount. You don't have to wait for them to come bring you your check. There's less human interaction like face to face I think that there are a bunch of things like that where um, especially with the wage shortage affecting labor right now you're seeing so many people quitting and leaving restaurant service work Mm -hmm. and that sort of those sorts of jobs I think we're gonna see a decreased front of house presence in a lot of establishments that you know they still operate they still cook they still offer shopping or whatever but you know, they have fewer cashiers now because more people are buying their orders online and coming to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Which is great because those are shitty jobs. Yeah. Um, and those are convenient options that also help with accessibility. Yeah, too. absolutely. And if somebody's going to work that shitty job, they should be getting paid way better than yeah. they are. I know, sure. yeah, I know a lot of people who are like, I'll never go into a grocery store again because I'll just get curbside for life. And that's yep. great. I'm happy for those people. Uh, I I'm, hate I'm curbside. Too, I'm too picky about I am problem. also yeah. too picky and it's I like, have a lot of dietary needs and I can't rely on 
on on shoppers. Like you know, if you give me yeah. shitty shitty mushy mushrooms, I don't want those fuckers. Exactly. Yeah. So I got to go pick out my own goddamn mushrooms. And that is not a disparagement of the people doing that no. job because that's also a hard yeah. job. So anyway, uh, thank you very much, Nick, for five questions. If you want to send us your five questions, send them to five questions at geeks.god.com. We'll put you in the queue. As uh, as Tim suggested earlier, if you are a patron supporter, you can put that in the subject line of your five questions email and you will be in the Patreon queue. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We love OmegaCon. Uh, we have love board games. Let us know if you've been playing anything new lately in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, or if you played one of the games that we talked about and you liked or didn't like it. Sound off, nerds. nerds. We will see you next Tuesday. Bye, Bye. everyone. Wank, 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 wank. I love Quedlingburg. Wank, 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 wank. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. There's a reply, Uh, I just saw it.